It's Thursday. Today is Thursday. I've brought you the greatest gift of all. Oh, yeah? Well, in that case... Entertain me! It's showtime. Make use of the help that God puts around you. We are not a glum lot. A promise is a promise. It's very simple. Just don't drink and go to meetings. Give time, time. Easy does it. I do it. Want to have self-esteem? Just do esteemable things. One day at a time. We carry the message, not the alcoholic. Don't quit before the miracle happens. Hey, with an effective character. So you guys sitting around talking about our personal experience in recovery. Hey, I'm Mike. I'm Dennis. James here. And we have some special guests. Will you introduce yourself? T. Mike F. The opinions are our own. We don't represent any particular organization, institution, or fellowship. Today we'll be sharing our experience on getting your marbles back, celebrating five years in recovery in episode 142 of the Defective Characters podcast. Let's go. Okay, Dennis, I'll let you go first. We got a meaty podcast today. Hold on. We do. Let's give your higher power a round of applause. Five years. Ah, pretty good. Thanks, guys. That's my God <laughs> impression. And lady. So, uh, <laughs> that's what he sounds like. <laughs> that's what he sounds like. So, Dennis, uh, check up on how everything is. How's everything? What's up? Uh, everything's good. Uh, my nephews and my sister came up this past weekend, so I hung out with them. Um, that was cool. I played Pokemon Go first time in a while and caught a legendary, so I'm cool. My nephews were impressed with all the Me Too's I had, so that's cool. Other than that, I don't know. Nothing else happened this week. I slept a lot. Short and sweet. Thanks, Dennis. You're Are you, You're saving time? Yeah. You're saving time for everybody else? Yeah. You're like, there's, there's a lot of special guests here. We gotta get everyone in the podcast. They can't. They can't hear you. They can't, it, it was. It was a rhetorical question. Okay. <laughs> Hello, this is James. In case you can't tell from my voice, and um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm gonna have five years of sobriety in t- today because it's Thursday when this is released. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, T. She's also on board with me. We got sober together, which is uh, a miracle. Considering the way we used to live. Ha ha. Um, my son's graduating in less than a week, going down to Miami. Um, the wife and I got a room at the Hard Rock Hotel, so there might be a little gambling involved. Oh, no. Shut up, Dennis. And um, I don't know if I'm more excited about him graduating or going down to stay at the Hard Rock. Just kidding, just kidding. Definitely my son. Um, and I'll, I'll turn it over to the to Mike because he's one of the mains. One of the mains. The men, men from Maine. Uh, I, am a, I am a grateful alcoholic. I'm glad, glad five years uh, is something we're able to celebrate today. I think it was last year we did an anniversary episode. And there were a couple people that uh, chimed in about uh, the feeling you get. I think it does change. And I'm sure we'll talk about it. Um, the feeling of the first year to the second to the third. You guys got your marbles back. Mike F., who told his story, is joining us today. He's on vacation from Pennsylvania. Uh, episode 36, you can go back and listen to his story. Uh, and just because I cheated and looked back, it's May 21st, 2020, which is over two years ago. So at that point, um, he had three years. So we'll be able to hear... If you go back and listen to his story, maybe some things that happened in the last two years that he can share as well. 
uh, and some of the promises that have come through. Um, it's, it's an amazing thing. This past weekend, uh, hung out with some friends. Um, my daughter, we did a sleepover at the, the Marriott hotel that has this big insane swimming pool. And, um, those are just some, some more promises of like, Hey, uh, being able to take my daughter, which two years ago when I got divorced, uh, I had so much sadness that even being at a cool pool with a bunch of like, uh, like a lazy river and a bunch of slides, I was at that same pool and I was really like down in the dumps and now I can, which is crazy, right? If you're uh, able to do something, um, it reminds me of when I was drinking and I was around a bunch of people and I felt completely alone, you know, where even in sobriety, you go through moments that I was grateful this past weekend that I was able to do that. And then also my um, fiance had her boys and we went and, and played and did a sleepover and watched the movie The Sandlot for the first time. And my daughter, who's uh, almost four, I figured she would hate the movie. And she was like, she was all in. She was, you know, the, if you've ever seen the movie, when the beast, the dog came, it scared the bejesus out of her. But um, it was really like fun to experience that with her. And we brought the mattresses up from downstairs. And so there was like four kids, three adults. And uh, we just had a great time. And that was my last week. That was my big takeaway of like uh, appreciating that. And then James and I saw Top Gun, which was like the best. If you have a chance to see the movie and you got 10 bucks to see it in the theater, um, the experience I think is worth, worth $10. So that's it. So five years. We'll, we'll start with Dennis uh, and go around to T, James, Mike F. And then I'll just uh, close it out because I talked a little bit about the last five years. But... We'll do that. Dennis, do you want to get the microphone or you want me to hand it to you? What do you? I'll lean forward. Okay. Five years. Why do I got to go first? I don't even have five years yet. I got like a week before I have five years. So everything I say is going to be invalid. Talk about your marbles. Um, I don't have those back yet. Um... I don't know. When I every time I have an anniversary, I always reflect back on like what where I was when I first came in and stuff. And it's always a huge contrast where like when I came in, I was really in a very dark spot with like my depression, my anxiety. I was having panic attacks every time I left the house. And it was really, like, I had this, like, overwhelming feeling of being alone and helpless and, like, had nowhere to go or had nothing to do to, like, get out of the situation I was in, you know? And then I came into the rooms and, like, now I'm not alone. Now people won't leave me alone. So that's always fun. But... Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm like at a loss for words at, at the moment, but, um, do you feel like the feeling changed each year you got when you picked up the year? Yeah, I think like, I don't know if the feeling necessarily changed, but things kind of get easier. 
you know, I get more comfortable being sober. I get more comfortable knowing, like, in situations that used to baffle me or whatever are easier to handle, you know? One is because I don't have to handle them alone. I can always go to my sponsor or my friends in the fellowship and get their experience or their help or whatever. Um, Yeah, I don't know. There's a turtle. (laughs) I don't know. I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass and y'all can come back to me. Hi, tea alcoholic, and thank you so much for inviting me to. Thank you so much for inviting me to this tea alcoholic. Thank you, tea alcoholic. No, I'm sorry. (laughs) Just kidding. Thank you so much for inviting me to this podcast. You all are amazing. Thank you, Dennis, for your amazing share. Dennis is my Gratitude Tuesday buddy, and um, he's been my Gratitude Tuesday buddy for just about all the five years. When I think about five years, I laugh before we started this podcast because the topic for the meeting was time. And I had this wonderful share that I was going to share. And then, and then I didn't get called on because I waited to the last minute. But you know what that reminds me is that the best time is right now. And if I wait to take action or I wait to do things or I wait without, you know, that presence and spirit and grace of God with the trust that I have, that God gives me to work the steps and do the problem, I might miss out on opportunities, you know, opportunities to grow and just opportunities to be of service to others. And then I thought about um, this number. Well, I use the calculator. So 2,626,560 minutes of time, if I did my time right, is how much I've spent sober. And if time was a commodity, you know, I would be wealthy by any means. And I was thinking, well, how can I cash in on it? And then I thought to myself, I don't have to cash in on it. You know, the the way that I cash in on time is how I spend, you know, each moment and how I spend each moment with other people. And anyway, that's all I have to say about time. I have an acronym for that one, at least not yet. When I think about five years ago when I came in, I was 44 years old. So this year I turned 49, so I'm almost a half century year old. And on the other side of 50, I get to learn how to play grown up, (laughs) right? Every single decision that I made, the way I behaved, you know, in the dis-ease and also in the sickness, um, just full-blown sickness, you know, every single piece of that got me to where I am right now. When I first started, uh, I was very scared. That's not frightened, that's scared. That's like off the chains frightened. Um, you know, I've, I felt very bearless and my soul was, was, was just being reborn. And, and it was very scary because really every day was a brand new day. It truly is a miracle when I think about the way I behaved and the decisions and what I put inside my body, you know, that I, I was sober. I remember every day I woke up and it was almost like being in Greece where the skies are blue. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's a blue sky again. So I would wake up, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm sober. But then the thoughts would start. So I was in constant bombardment of thoughts and pain. My body was in pain. I was crazy. I was literally insane. The people around me would watch, you know, meaning my very best friend in the world, my husband, how I would wake up with a smile and within five minutes he said something to me and, and it just went to my default place. 
which was, you know, pain and shame and agony. And starting to work those steps gave me relief. Going to meetings and interacting with people gave me release. Um, relief, it's like taking a Tylenol for a headache. Um, but really, it's completing those steps, going through the process and constantly, constantly making myself available to that grace of a God that has made life easier. Like life is easier when I wake up and I say, God, what's your agenda for me today? And then at the end of the day, I say, God, listen, this is how the day went. And what do you think? And he's like, well, you know, you got four, you got four of the 4,562 opportunities I gave you, but we'll start again tomorrow. And, you know, I have great joy on my face because, and in my heart and my soul, because this is the one program that I literally get to turn in yesterday. And then tomorrow I get to pick up a new one. Right. I remember early in sobriety, somebody said in the rooms, like, how long do you have? And I was like, oh, I've got lots of time. They're like, how much? I was like, it's two weeks. And they're like, great job. And I was like, woohoo. And then I heard people talk about years and decades and this sort of thing. And that gave me great hope that they could do it one day at a time. And I remember people saying, oh, the person who got up earliest is the most sober. So at one point I was getting up at three thirty in the morning. <laughs> um, and uh you know, it wasn't, it wasn't how much time, it's how I use each of the time and how I allowed myself to be used by that, that grace of God. So, you know, how it is today, life is just easier. You know, doing God's agenda is easier. Waking up and making day, every day like a ready player one day, easier. Um, when I have disagreements with my very best friend in the world, easier. It's just life is easier. Now, that doesn't mean... Um, that I don't feel pain or emotions, but I have access to actually experience all of those things and still have an easy disposition because I'm not alone. So um, I didn't see the turtle, but I like turtles. <laughs> I like turtles. Uh, this is James, in case you couldn't tell by the sound of my voice. <laughs> and, um, you know, it feels good to be sober for five years. It also is just my new normal, being sober. Like, it's thinking of drugs and alcohol are just not um, in my daily living. Even though, you know, as, as a bartender, um, I, I serve alcohol all day, every day. Um, it's just not what I think about. What I do think about today is uh, how I can be a better friend, how I can be a better husband and father, son, and I do that by doing the things that I don't want to do. Um, and don't get me wrong, I like to do things for other people. But sometimes I don't feel like going out in the sun and doing gardening or <laughs> mowing the lawn, whatever it is. Um, but I do it anyways because I know it helps the next person. Uh, I think uh, in the five years that I've been sober, the first year was... It was... It was a lot of catching up. It was a lot of uh, getting my driver's license back, um, catching up on my child support, which I was $13,000 behind on. So I was really in a rut. And when, I, when the feelings would come like, oh, I'm just a horrible father. Like, what did I put my kids through? And like, how am I going to pull myself out from this? I can honestly say that in five years, I have paid that $13,000 and I am all caught up. I've got my driver's license back. And not only do I have money in my savings account and my checking account, uh, I have a friend of mine who is helping me uh, create a 
uh, like um, a retirement fund, Roth, IRA, all that stuff. So, and I didn't even ask for that. He just came up to me and uh, said, "Here, I'm, I, let's get this, let's get this ready for you." And he's also in the program. Um, you know, what I think about today when I wake up is um, God. That's the first thing I think about, really. You know, I, I'm, I'm just, I thank Him for getting me to this point in my life where I can live in gratitude and be thankful for what I have. Um, what I, when I get on the pity pot or think about like, I've got all this, but I don't have that. Like I don't have everything I want. I always bring it back to gratitude, but I've got so much. And um, today I can do that. Today I can be um, thankful for what I have for the friends I have, for the opportunities I have, for the health, um, and just the joy I have today. Um, it feels pretty much like the last couple of years, you know. Um, I, I don't know where I'm at right now as far as, you know, what I want to do with the rest of my life. And frankly, I, I don't care. I'm happy right here where I'm at. I could be doing the same thing for the next 20 years and be okay. Uh, but God might have other things in store for me. So I'm open and willing. So congratulations to Leith on five years. High five. Dennis, you still have a week. <laughs> My name is Mike F. or Pennsylvania Mike, uh, however you want to put it. I'm from, uh, well, I'm an alcoholic. And... Um, yeah, I'm grateful to be here. I'm also part of the five-year club, April 30th. I had uh, celebrated five years. So um, just thinking about, you know, where I was at five years ago, man, I was, uh, I was 12 years old emotionally. Um, I was a 12-year-old in a 21-year-old body. And I, um, I had no one else to drink with. I had failed out of college, so I'm just chilling at home. And I had sort of fibbed to people, you know, when I was leaving college. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to work for my family's business, and I'm going to be in the process of taking it over. And, man, I went home and drank. <laughs> That's what I did. And um, it was four months of that. You know, I had been in ad active addiction since I was pretty young, so I, I had been drinking and whatever for you know, like six years at the time, but those last four months, you know, where I'd failed out of college and then I'm not working, I'm not doing anything, um, were pretty terrible emotionally. And, um, I know Dennis has talked a lot about the anxiety and panic attacks and that's kind of the place I was at too. Um, and I remember thinking like my last ditch effort was, all right, I'm going to turn 21 and then we'll see what happens. And so in March, so my sobriety date's April 30th, 2017. March 9th, 2017, I turned 21. And I went to Atlantic City, um, which for the listeners, it's like a mini Vegas out in the north in New Jersey. And man, oh man, it, it uh, wasn't this magic bullet that I thought it was going to be. You know, I thought I'll turn 21 because like, this is immaturity. This is an addiction. This is immaturity. This is I'm doing this because it's illegal. You know, I'm attracted to it because I'm not supposed to do it. When I turned 21, guess what changed? Nothing. Just was able to go to the store and buy it myself. And um, 
six, seven weeks later, by uh, a twist of fate, I ended up in AA and I haven't left. And it, I, I'm not going to sit here and say it's been easy. Um, you know, I remember like one of the worst moments of my life was picking up my two year chip. You know, I felt like worse than I had done than I felt at six months. So it hasn't been linear for me. Um, I always kind of reflect and say the first two years were really, really difficult. I had to really grasp, you know, and pull for the gratitude. Um, and the anxiety was still really terrible. So being in Florida, you know, part of my life or my story is like, I love to come here. I come here a couple times a year. I'm a Disney adult. Um, I've been coming here since I was two years old, a couple times a year. And I remember when I was nine months sober, it was my first like vacation and sobriety. And I had been on many, many flights in my life, but the anxiety was kind of different at this time. And I went on the flight and I had like the biggest panic attack of my life. And I remember at the end of that week, like I wouldn't fly home. We drove home a thousand miles. I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not getting back on that thing. And then the next year, a year later, we drove to Florida to and from, and I had panic attacks the whole way. And I might have shared this in my story on episode 36, um, but that's where I met Dennis and his sponsor. And I was coming up on two years sober. And Dennis's sponsor had been sharing in the meeting about his past with anxiety and overcoming it. And I was like, I got to talk to this guy. You know, and then he introduced me to Dennis and I heard their experience, strength and hope. And I kind of took a different direction in my recovery and focused on some other things um, and started facing fears. That was the main message I had got. You know, not flying isn't the solution. Facing the fear of flying is the solution. Facing the fear of going out to eat or public speaking, all that became part of the solution for me. And... When I see where I've come now, you know, I got on a flight the other day and I just chilled and watched Netflix and listened to music and I felt pretty good, you know, and uh, that's that's changed. That's just in the past three years that that's that that's changed for me. You know, it took me two and a half years in sobriety to even work full time. You know, I was I was just like going to meetings and hanging out and going to diners and and living life. And today, you know, by, by the grace of God, I have a two and a half year old and I have a career in medical device sales and I have no degree, right? I failed out of college. I think I'm the only one on my team without a degree. That's because, in my opinion, God can make a way when there is no other way, when there is no, you know, human way or... Um, scholastic way or any other kind of way, you know, things have come up in my life. Like, are you kidding me? You know, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm going to Disney with my daughter's mom who I haven't been with in over two years. And we're taking pictures smiling together. Like, are you serious? You know, back in October, I had lost my job. So we're talking what, seven months ago, I lost my job I was devastated. I came here. I remember telling Dennis about it and some other people. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I remember being here and thinking as well, like, man, I come here for a week or so every time and it's never enough. Well, here I am the past three months working this, you know, blessed job that's, that God's given to me that's from home. And I get to come here for a month in November and work from home and hang out, you know, on the weekends with folks here and 
that's that's a miracle that's a dream you know that's in october that was pie in the sky and yeah wouldn't it be nice if someday i could come here for a long you know for a month i'm doing it you know i'm i have it all set and and ready to go uh god willing that's what's happening you know today for me um it was bad i don't have to paint the picture if you're listening to this podcast or know anyone with addiction or have an addiction i'll just kind of tell you it was bad um in a lot of ways i physically was unrecognizable and if you got to know me back then, I was also spiritually unrecognizable. So that's not of my own making. You know, there's a lot of people that have helped me along the way. Uh, Dennis is one of them, for sure. I don't know what would have happened if I hadn't met Dennis and some other people a thousand miles away from home. But I don't want to know, you know. And um, congratulations to this. I'm sitting in a perfect row of, like, the 2017, class of 2017 here. Woo! <laughs> And uh, it's, it's really great. You know, it's, it's not perfect. Um, it's not all peaches and cream every day, but I will, I will take this, you know, what, what's going on right now in my life over where I was at pre-sobriety, one year sober, two years sober. So, and, and thank you again for having me on the uh, podcast. The plot twist is I'm not on vacation. Defective characters have flown me out. I'm staying at the Ritz-Carlton. <laughs> Um, and, and it's really great. So I want to thank you for having me again. Now, if we paid for it, you'd be eating Ritz's and you'd be on the street. <laughs> That's about all we can afford. <laughs> Dennis, can we swing it? I know a guy named Carlton that has a couch. There you go. That's close enough. It's the poor man's dream. Uh, I am Mike, Grateful Alcoholic. When we started this podcast, I had five years sobriety. And yeah, the class of 2017 is it's very bright. Um, that's for sure. I was thinking as, as T was uh, speaking, just the, you wouldn't have caught me early in sobriety. You wouldn't have dared caught me talking about being sober in public. And we are in the middle of celebration, in the middle of a town. And we have recorded this while parades of people have been walking right by us where there's children and everything else. And we're talking about, you know, uh, the places that we uh, used or places that we drank and the things that we did. And I think that's a testament to my higher power uh, that we, there, there's been no shame in that. Because I think the, the shame is when you're not saying something. Um, that's, that's how I felt. Uh, just like Mike F. was talking about, the first two years, probably two and a half years, I still would go through times where I would have um, an uneasy time. I had a lot of resentment when I would walk past people that were drinking uh, where I was pissed. I was so mad. And I had a year and a half um, sober before I moved to Orlando. Um, and I vacationed here, so that's why, you know, James and I, who have the same sponsor, Brian, that's, he shared, and I listened to him. It was like, that's going to be the guy that if I ever, there was never a chance at the time that I was going to move to Orlando or Celebration. But I said to myself, if I ever was here, that's who I would want. And then there was a chance to move down here, and I was like, Okay, great. You know, my, my wife at the time had an opportunity to relocate. And I was, because of the program, extremely confident that God would get me a job somewhere. And I applied to everything in the two places, a year and a half in sobriety, 
that reached out to me were ones that I didn't even apply for. It was just somebody that knew somebody outside of the program, but still um, that, you know, God put it in my way. So I really didn't have to do much of anything except show up and make sure that to the best of my ability um, in the first five years, because everybody listens to the podcast, the first couple of minutes we talk about what went on in our week. So you know what the last two and a half years have been. Uh, but the first five years, uh, I almost lost my job. I didn't. I got promoted. I almost relocated uh, in the last couple of years and uh, had my daughter that almost, you know, died before she was born when I was four years sober. And never once did I think, geez, you know what's going to make this better? A drink. That's going to make it better. Because that's not my reality. It, it, it didn't, didn't make anything better. It made me drunker, but it didn't make anything improve when I was. So I, I know it's a conscious effort to remind myself of my last uh, drink and the, not to live in regret, but to remind myself that there are people that I hurt and there's people that might not ever um, accept my amends that I made. Actually, today as we're recording this, there was a great, great, great friend of mine in college who I always made it about me and um, I made it really tough for him to want to be friends with me towards the end. And when I moved out of Chicago at the time, I think he said, thank God he's gone because I was just, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I put him in situations and ruined a relationship or two for him by making it about me and he hasn't forgiven me but today's his birthday and even coming up on eight years in sobriety and he knows that uh friends of friends have told him that I'm a different person I haven't been physically around him so he hasn't forgiven me you know he refused to take phone calls so I sent him a message and I just said hey I'm not, hey, I'm in the program, give me an apology. Like, it was just, hey, I'm really sorry for this. Not, I'm sorry, because I've apologized before, but actually breaking down what the apology is for. So that way there's no second guessing that, hey, this is different. And, um, you know, God willing, those people in my life, years down the line, maybe by 10 years, you know, when we know what to do with our marbles, maybe at that point it'll change. Um, but from five to ten, two and a half years in between right now, I can tell you guys that it's, uh, you know, this life is not worth missing one second of. And if you're new or you're thinking about if this thing is real, I will tell you, you, you do not have five BS artists in, it, it, like that you're listening to. Uh, everything, especially Dennis. Dennis doesn't lie. You know, I've tried to get him to to lie before, and he gets all squeamish. Right? Right, Dennis? Yeah. He's on Twitter. Crypto is not doing good if you're, you're following. It's not a good time. So thank you, guys. Any, any last words? Faith, trust, and love. Love being let others voluntarily evolve. Trust being turn it over. Understand I don't understand. Remember the track record. T R U. I lost track. 
there's love. surrender and thanksgiving and then what's the last one love? said love oh faith forward all issues to his house god bless you all that's pretty good we can end with that and then the the uh verbiage that i have written down because i would easily screw it up if i didn't we'll be back next thursday sharing our experience strength and hope with you on episode 143 where the defective character is entirely ready to have all these character defects removed. Remember, the person with the most sobriety is the person who woke up earliest today. And we'll see you next time. Woo-hoo.